0: Pull up a chair and join us at the Energy Roundtable. Welcome to the weekly show where myself and
1: typically Lisa Katz uh, debate the news and notes, but uh, she is off uh, being a mom and doing a great job, so the uh, indications uh, would tell. And in her stead, um, we have our Director of Engineering, Mr. Bill Davidson. Bill, welcome to the Energy Roundtable. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. So we have uh, put Elon Musk in his place in history uh, amongst um, the egotistical pharaohs of Egypt and the kings of Western Europe who found the modern world. And now we will discuss the the relevant news of the day. So my first article is from euronews.com. And the headline of the article is, solar energy can now be stored for up to 18 years, says scientists. Newsflash the dinosaurs would say that solar energy can be stored for 63 million years, but that's a parenthetic note. Um, So, the the story here is that in 2017, a Swedish university uh, brought kind of this technology that allowed solar energy to uh, be able to convert kind of through a thermoelectric. it, sorry, that's the second part of the story. The first part is they take the solar energy and they are able to store it in some kind of isomer, and I'm forgetting my uh, organic chemistry, but basically through this technology called Molecular Solar Thermal Energy Storage Systems, or or MOST, I don't quite understand the, the acronym, but basically they, they take carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen, and uh, they the sunlight changes uh, the shape of that molecule and it turns it into an energy-rich isomer. And they, they tweaked it, and they played with it a little bit, and they were able to figure out how to store that uh, that isomer for up to 18 years. So that was kind of the initial um, breakthrough. And um, now they have figured out how to uh, to go backwards, and they have a partnership with a Chinese university, it looks like, Allows them then to take that energy that was and, and release it, and by releasing it, convert it back to electricity. So the cool part here is you can now take the sun's energy and you can convert it and store it and store it for a long period of time, and then you can take it back. And so you could potentially move it as a liquid throughout uh, geography, or you can uh, store it for long periods of time, which has always been the challenge with intermittent renewables like solar and wind: is how do you store it and then you know bring it out? So They've been doing it in small quantities. It's by no means commercial yet, but it's a cool initiative to take um, to take this solar energy, put it in a, a liquid form and then release it later. So uh, interesting stuff. I think you had some technical difficulties not sure how much of that you caught Bill, but uh, arguably the best story that we've had on the energy roundtable for many years and you missed it. Welcome back.
2: I wish I could comment. Uh, the truth is, I actually did see this article just because I tend to, I, well, I tend to read stuff like this, and and uh, so I, I did find that really interesting. I'm I'm always interested in these different storage techniques. Yeah, and I love the ones that are a bit out. Not that this is totally out there, right? But but um, the the ones that are um, not the I guess you could say uh, uh, typical or historical methods that we've used before. So um, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, and it's like at one point I saw a great shirt shirt the other day. It was an ACDC shirt, and it had uh, was it you know Edison and Tesla, or I forget who were the two. But like for a while, we were competing against what's the best way of moving current around, right? Like we're kind of in that, I think, in terms of storage. Like we're competing against about what's the best. And our kids, kids, kids will look back and you know have T shirts or I don't know full wear wear shirts then, but they'll look back and they'll say, you know, remember we talked about different storage. And, and 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 there will be winners, but to to get to the winners, we have to have a bunch of losers, and and it's kind of fun to figure out you know what those losers are, what the winners are. Uh, we're gonna learn a lot along the way. That's kind of fun.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, a tes- Tesla was pro AC, is, is my recollection. And if you've ever seen, there's a there's a video out there where Edison, to demonstrate the horrors of, of AC electricity, they they actually um, electrocuted a, a full grown elephant just just to show. Which oh, was in, in and okay. and taped it, which was her. well filmed it back then, which was nuts. But that that battle was uh, was, was something else back in the day between those two. But, but anyway, and
1: the the electrocuted elephant was to show the perils of AC. Correct. Okay, so Pamela Anderson is also pro DC. Is that what we're saying as well? I don't get it. Well, so so Pamela Anderson is kind of the the uh, spokesperson for PETA, uh, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals. Um, so, you know, the, the, she, she would, she would not have liked that. Mind you, it was a hundred and how many years ago? It was a hundred years ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, there, there is a lot of, ironically, there is a lot of DC uh, current at high, high voltage transmissions. It is a feasible, but, but certainly AC, uh, is predominant in most of our world. Yeah, so for sure. anyways, uh, moving on from Pamela Anderson to sure. your first.
2: I should I should say just for just for the record that was actually pretty controversial even back in the day just so you know. Oh
1: was it um, over the story them, yes. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes it was. It was horrible even back then. Yes. Okay okay. So okay so my story uh, the first one is about this is from the BBC and the headline was climate change wind and solar reach milestone as demand surges. And this is from a report from uh, Ember and this is a, a, a climate and energy think tank. It's from their Global Electricity Review 2022. And the news here is that wind and solar hit 10% of uh, global electricity in 2021. This is a review of energy usage in, in 2021. Uh, of course, this is arbitrary milestone, um, but it is good to get an excuse for an update as to where we are on this front, because you know, I, I wouldn't have known what, what the number was. And so, so knowing that we hit this, uh, to, to me, is, is still news. Um, is that so on, a, was,
1: on, on, on an energy basis or on a
2: capacity basis? On a like, what basis,
1: sorry? Like an energy basis, like, uh, or is it on, like, installed capacity?
2: I thought it was on usage.
1: Okay, that, that okay energy. I call that yeah, energy. energy. That makes, yeah, that
2: makes yeah. sense to me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, the first thing that they wanted to kind of get out there was that there was this huge increase in demand for power uh, in 2021 as a, you know, A rebound, I guess, for uh, COVID nineteen, but but this was this was crazy. The Delta, so the the increase in twenty twenty one, increase in power demand was equivalent to adding another India to the world. Whoa! Wow! Which is huge. I think they're fifth in the world, if I remember correctly, in power um, for for power consumption. Yeah. Um. So this ten percent, what what does this really mean? Like, what what do you compare it to? So this is actually doubled. From five percent, obviously, in 2015, so in six years. Um, now, 2015 is when the, the Paris Climate uh, Agreement happened, right. um, and they 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 did call out some names there. So the fa- the fastest recent adopters for wind and solar were Netherlands, Vietnam, and Australia. Really, and the, yes, they they all in that time span they shifted about 10 percent of their uh, fossil fuel power to, over to wind and solar. Um, and it's funny because they, they the Netherlands itself is being touted as an example of. You know, not needing to be near the equator to to make solar work, which I thought was uh, really? oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so Vietnam, their solar increased by 300 percent in one year. And that was because of uh, some government incentives and programs. Um, another point that they made in, in this review was that uh, clean energy now makes up 38 percent of the world's total. Didn't get a definition of, of clean energy. Mm. Um, Sometimes I wonder, like, is is gas on there? For instance, right, so, right. Some are very clear clear what what's on which side, but but there's a couple I'm not so sure. Um, clean is a relative term, right?
1: And I I I I'm reminded of that every time I talk to my kids about cleaning their room, right? <laughs> my my son's room is is clean, but only relative to his sister's. So <laughs> clean is, is a relative
2: term as it comes to power. It, it really is and It's changed over the years too. So so right. I, I I but I didn't get the definition from the report. So anyway, um, so but here's the kicker to all this though okay we saw the largest increase in coal usage since
1: 1985 whoa
2: yeah wow. so there's a rise of 9% uh, most of this was china and india gas uh by comparison was up 1% and that's just literally the difference in the prices between the two um wow. gases, uh, gas is gas that the- reason cool. um here. It is, but the article does end on an optimistic note, which I was not expecting. But basically, um, to meet our 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial max number that we're we're going for, we would have to increase our wind and solar by 20% yearly until 2030. But the way they looked at it, the authors, was that they believe that the gains that we've seen over the last few years are an indication that this is at least possible. So there you go. Cool. The end.
1: I love it. That's that's great. And 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 you gave us a kind of a, a comprehensive view of, of the broader market and some good and some bad. But you know, at the end of the day, we're moving in the right direction. Uh, so, very, uh, under the banner of um, clean energy, albeit uh, clean has a broad definition uh, and depends on how long you draw the uh, how big you draw the control volume. Um, people may have different views on nuclear, um, as re- particularly as it relates to nuclear waste, but uh, this is not a nuclear waste article, but it is a nuclear related article. The it's from power-eng.com. Uh, it was published on the 5th of April. And the title is SMR startup lines up financing for nuclear power plant deployment. And so the article is uh, about a company called Arc. Clean Energy Canada, A-R-C, Clean Energy Canada. They have completed a Series A financing, um, which is one of the early financing stages as companies grow to the extent that I understand it as I've been educated in finance by the gurus that are on TikTok. So uh, credit to them. But Arc has raised $30 million Canadian in their Series A financing Um and, and really what that's doing is moving forward, uh, SMR for grid scale at the uh, Pointe-Lepreau nuclear generating station in the province of New Brunswick, which fun, interesting Canadian fact, is indeed the only bilingual province in Canada. Credit to my friend, John Coleman, who often brings that up. Quebec uh, and other provinces are monolingual. New Brunswick is the only bilingual province in Canada. Uh, but after that commercial break, the uh, this builds kind of on the the late March announcement from Ontario, New Brunswick, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, where they release a strategic plan about SMRs, you know, more broadly uh, throughout Canada. And this also kind of comes on the heels of another big SMR financing deal in Japan um, for a company called Japan New Scale Innovation, where they got $110 million in, in equity financing. Um know so so the arc technology in particular is 100 megawatt uh, a fast reactor so they have like a 20-year refueling cycle um and and the the intent is that a lot of this modular design is done in a factory so that should in theory um broaden the supply chain drive you know ultimately lower cost deployment and lower cost um you know execution so obviously there's phases and we have a nuclear safety commissioner um in Canada that that will provide a lot of regulation to this uh, but yeah really exciting to raise that much money uh, for SMR development um, really really exciting news
2: yeah I, I agree a- anything that progresses this in my mind uh, is exciting I I I really want to I wish I could predict where it was going like where where are the licenses actually going to be given out here are, are we going to get to the point that a municipality can can have one of these I, right. I just i just don't know and so. and
1: is the license given at the technology level or at the site level and that that to me is critical right like right. if it's if it's at the technology level then it truly is repeatable if it's at the site level you're going to have nimbyism you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff yeah. that's you know going to come to fruition which i'm not saying it's wrong or bad it's just going to be that much more challenging right
2: yep yep yeah we just we just haven't had to experience it, an experience like this yeah at least i can't think of a parallel that's that's really like this, so right. totally It'd be really I, interesting. Time will tell. Cool, you got one more for us? I do. I thought this one was interesting just because I didn't know about it. That's 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 why, um, and uh, it seems significant, and it is from CBC, and the oh. title is Newfoundland government lifts 15-year ban on onshore wind farms. Hmm. Hmm. So there was a 2007 moratorium on onshore. Wind power—it's now been lifted. Wow! Get that straight, straight from the title there. Um, it's, I just found it extremely interesting that the uh, the province with objectively the most wind has the lowest amount of wind power. Wow! So this uh, there there is a little bit more to this in that this happens to coincide with the federal uh, approval of a very controversial offshore oil project. That's the Bay de Nord project. Ah. These are. Yeah, this is for uh, for FPSOs, float, uh, floating production storage and offloading, as opposed to the um, platforms. So you're and calling this you're calling this a quid pro quo, are you? <laughs> so that's that's exactly where I'm going with this. Yeah. So um, you know, and, and at the same time, the the oil and gas regulator uh, in Newfoundland, which is uh, Canada, Newfoundland and Labrador, offshore petroleum board. They've changed their name. They've substituted petroleum for energy. So there's a bit of a, a shift here. Yes. Um, so obviously that, that is exactly where I was going here, that the charges are being leveled. There was a bunch of articles after this article um, where the charges are basically being leveled that the, the removal of that moratorium is really just cover for this Baden-Nord project going ahead, you know, because it's obviously at odds with the zero greenhouse gas 2050 goal that uh, that we're all trying to do here, but I mean, this comes down to economics, right? So, yeah, uh, not not making not making any judgments here. I saw I saw the I saw the money involved in the jobs and, and all that, and it's it's not it's obviously something you have to consider. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, as much as we like to talk about technology and talk about you know even the economics of it, the reality is energy is such a big thing, uh, particularly in a province like you know Newfoundland, but I would say all provinces that. It's not at all free from politics uh, rightly or wrongly. Politics can be a powerful source for good or, or for not so good. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a political story, and we will never know uh, all the impacts. and so we have to um, assume that you know we have good actors and good good ideas, and it will all work out for the best. So uh, or we
2: just really keep an eye on them.
1: Okay, yes. That, Both of that, those. <laughs> that, that's an underlying premise of democracy, right? We, we go to the polls every once in a while, and hopefully in between we're keeping uh, keeping eye on everybody so we know how to vote the next time around. Exactly. Um, on that topic of voting, uh, we, I think, uh, have our um, good friend, Mr. Mark Charbonneau, back uh, from some technical difficulties. Mark, there you are. You look like you're on a new device. Oh, you're, uh, you're on mute, Mark. How about now? There you go.
0: Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'm on my phone. I'm having some issues with my computer right now, so I don't even want a chance chiming in with that because it's I, I got to run some diagnostics on it. So okay. Um, you control, us Mac users, start, with, start with control. alt delete. Oh, that doesn't work for for you guys, does it? No, no. Work, no, no. Okay. So did um did we decide on our face off? You um, did.
1: You decided
0: for us. Did not you? Yeah, I wanted to. So I'm thinking we're doing the pros and cons if Elon Musk takes over Twitter. That's that's, that's what I think we should do. Yeah. Um,
2: we, we, we couldn't help ourselves, we actually already started before We uh, started the debate before, ahead
0: of time, but uh, <laughs> we're glad you're here to
2: referee
0: Okay, good, so I know Bill, apparently, as I understand, you're not a fan of Elon Musk So I'm eager to hear why um, So actually, I'm hoping you get the pro side So <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's difficult, That's that'd be painful, but we'll see how the coin flip goes, I guess
0: Okay, so who, uh, I think Matt won last roundtable, correct? Y- yes Okay, yes. So, so Matt, I'll let you call it, heads or tails? Okay. Heads It is indeed heads. Okay, so I get to choose which side of the argument I want, right? Yeah, so do you want Elon Musk to take over Twitter or not? I'll go pro. I'll go pro. Okay,
1: Okay. that's interesting. I'll I'll be pro the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. All right. Okay. Um, and, and clearly no prep, uh, for this just going off, you know, not that even if I had worlds of time, I would prep, it's just not my style. Um, so yeah, I think we have to step back and take a look at Elon and what he's done, you know, pre being famous, obviously he was, you know, kind of a big deal at, uh, was it LinkedIn? Where was he before? He was square or PayPal, PayPal. PayPal, right? Yeah. Kind of a big deal at, you know, one of the founders of PayPal and, um, a lot of great things there. I I bought a lot of, um, you know, merchandise, uh, used golfing merchandise in particular or uh, English Premier League football um, uh, paraphernalia on eBay in my younger years. Thankful to uh, Elon and his team for making that happen. And then obviously on to Tesla and SpaceX and uh, this company that's going to put tunnels all all over America. So like doing a lot of great stuff. Yes, the business model is suspect, but clearly, Uh, he can take something and and make something cool out of it. And so, you know, Twitter is, you know, kind of that one of those web 2.0 technologies that hasn't really, like they went up and then they kind of of plateaued and haven't really, you know, kind of moved the needle. So I'm excited for what he can do to the platform. I, I think it's a cool platform. I think it's got good brand equity. I think there's lots of opportunities, but, you know, has been kind of stagnant. And so I'm excited to see, you know, what he can do with, with that. Uh, And he's, you know, he's tapped into web 3.0 and the blockchain. And I think he kind of merged that and how do we provide, you know, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, and and integrate that into Twitter. So some really exciting things that, you know, could come of that. Um, And, you know, being a small business owner myself, you know, I know there are pros and cons to both, you know, individual or, or small concentration of leadership versus, you know, boards and CEOs and publicly traded companies. Uh, but obviously, you know, I understand, you know, the good and the bad. But I think having somebody like that with, you know, if it does turn into a takeover and and he has, you know, an outsized control, um, I think that's potentially a good thing. I, I know there will be criticisms because it's a pseudo media outlet. Um, but, you know, Who are we kidding? Most of the media outlets today are already controlled by, you know, folks like um, Mr. Murdoch or, um, you know, there's a family in uh, eastern Canada that is kind of into this uh, as well, uh, who shall remain nameless. Um, So, you know, it's already happening where big, you know, moguls control the press. uh, And my hope is that, you know, he can use it and elevate it for good. And only time will tell. All right. Okay. Over, over, over to you, Mr. Davidson.
2: Okay, so I'll try not to repeat what I said before, but basically, um, you know, I've, I've been I've been conflicted with Elon because he has definitely been a boon to scientific progress, but he's also been a purveyor of misinformation. And if you're an investor, this, this is going to bring you heart palpitations, right? Because any any stability you may have had previously, um, you know, in, in that stock is is out the door now. So and part of this is that he's he's a serial abuser of SEC rules and uh, and what what I think is fundamentally important about uh, his particular flouting of these rules is that he genuinely does not appear to understand that he's being punished because he has an unfair advantage. his His politics lean a, a little bit um, libertarian, like capital L, libertarian, which is of course fine, but his motivations do appear to be led by a lack of Understanding of the effect that his actions and words actually have on other people. He he tends to put perceived threats to his own freedom above his own responsibility that comes with the elevated status that he's actually found himself with, right? You know, being the richest person on the planet who at the same time exhibits this persecution complex, it's it's a bad look. Now, I've heard Musk referred to as a, a Dunning-Kruger poster child. And if you're not familiar with that, that's the psychological study that it, it shows that a person's confident. Confidence in their knowledge on a subject goes up as your actual knowledge goes down, mm. and and although that's a bit harsh to call him the poster child, he he clearly suffers from the, the phenomenon as we all do to some degree. But his examples have just been a lot more public. You know, he gets in these ridiculous Twitter spats where uh, where he he appears to be completely clueless that he's even losing. You know, he's no epidemiologist. He's not a nanoparticle scientist, and these are all things he's opined on and looked really silly at and you know don't get me started on his toxic fanboy army they're ridiculous <laughs> so this is, this is this has been a, a person who has obviously been hugely hugely successful and i have to say he is legit you know he has a physics degree has an economics degree he's accepted into a material science phd program and he did quickly drop out but he dropped out to make a, a bucket load of money on, on on the internet and i'm a huge fan of spacex you know that the the, the, co- the cost of putting a kilogram of mass into orbit Um, it's basically been reduced by about 90% in the last decade, which is unreal. Never thought I would see that just it's crazy. So we, we don't, we still don't know if he can make money selling cars because, you know, remember the net profit is a result of selling regulatory credits um, from other automakers in addition to the car sales. But regardless, there, there's no doubt that Tesla's contribution to the industry is is a legend and, and will remain so, but ultimately. With respect to twitter this is about a misguided individual with with money who's trying to manipulate one of the greatest forms of communication we have ever had as you can tell i'm a huge twitter fan and given this guy's past of playing toy with medical misinformation harassment and political trolling this is just not someone that we can have at the helm thank you very much
0: okay
1: do, well, do you think, do you think it's it's more dangerous than you know those who lead, you know, the Washington Post or Facebook or other media platforms.
2: Yes, be, because the the thing is, w- any sort of any sort of big platform, you have to remember that there are responsibilities that come along with that. Because these, you know, we separate this uh, um, from uh, government uh, with respect to the First Amendment, right? And it's really it's really important separation there. So private company has their own rules. But the big private companies, if you notice, don't act as if the First Amendment applies because it doesn't. Um, but they don't act that way because they have an additional responsibility because of their size, because of their undue influence. They can literally change elections. They can literally kill people. It's you know, it's, we, we had this term called call stochastic terrorism. Right. Which is the idea that if you keep saying, well, it would be a shame if, uh, if something happened to this abortion clinic or something like that. And some crazy person, because you're talking to t- 100 million people, well, there's going to be a few crazy people in that 100 million people. So was there any difference um, than you going and doing that damage? Right. It's the same type of thing. If you have that sort of platform, it's, it's more like stochastic homicide in, in this case. But but uh, when you have a big platform and you allow people to say whatever they want with 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 no rules, then that type of stuff is going to happen. And you did it. You know logically you did it and, and morally i would say also you did it so so yes the the uh so to getting back to your point like what, what's the difference uh with all these organizations those organizations have those rules in place that's the bottom line so if you're going to hand the reins over to a person who de- literally doesn't understand this this is beyond his ken, right he's a smart guy but not in every area He's shown that to us and if you give somebody like that uh the reins and the ability to have even more control than the guy has to make the mistakes he makes bad scene let leave it to the adults that's my opinion
1: but do you think his his do you think his out his outsized influence has, has grown i mean he had a very massive twitter following already and he had the yeah. blue check mark and he has the brand recognition yeah. you know people are either listening to him or not listening to him already you know yeah. the fact that he owns the platform that he has a big platform on does that change the game you think
2: absolutely it it changes everything because um people there there will be people that revolt you know will i be one of those people maybe but the truth is it's still going to be a huge platform and his ability to manipulate things in that platform is very limited right now like you know he has all these things that he wants to do uh, you know bring in an edit function and show um, so show some transparency in these, diff- in these different things. The problem is these are all probably, well, you know, we, we could give him a, a chance and see, but I don't really want to. But these are probably just a pretense for him to to uh, basically bring in rules that he has not really thought out mm-hmm. because he's not that guy. And this is not his area. He um, he's like free speech, free speech. Well, you know what? That's awesome. You, you free speech is is really important but at the same time you have to make sure you know that you're you're protecting against things like fraud right you know free free speech you can say what you want to some extent Well, you can't tell lies to the point that somebody loses money right we all accept that that's true so and it's it, it's the same with should we be protecting people from medical misinformation or election integrity misinformation? And the answer is obviously yes, because we if we don't, then you're controlling it and you're basically giving that control to whoever is the loudest. And that is obviously not the the, the way to go. So yes, um, I, I do think that there are there there are there are some ideas in what he wants to do that I'm actually okay with like the transparency idea. How does their how does their algorithms work? They show content, right? Even if it's crap content, you can convince people by mass, right, by volume, not not necessarily by by, uh, the quality of their content. So how does that algorithm work? I would like to know. So so some of these ideas have merit to them. Should they be spearheaded by a lunatic? No. So... (laughs) That's that's how I feel. About
1: it. I, I, in closing, I would just, you know, as we talk about outsized influence, I would just like the judge to acknowledge that uh, my uh, counterpart in this debate had twice as many uh, minutes of airtime than
2: I did. So, yeah. as, you were, as, you were as, I, I, I was cutting you up though because I kept asking you questions. I was going to say that's so unfair when you ask the questions,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> the
2: answer has was to, was to be disver- exactly the disver- same. The verdict
0: is.
1: The verdict yeah. is.
0: I I gotta say Elon should stick to rockets and just lay off Twitter. Bill convinced me. Okay. I'm going stick into ro- this because like, I kind of like Elon. I th- I find him kind of like quirky yeah. and and like he's he's kind of likable for like True. a silly in a silly way. Yeah. Um and he, and and he is for free speech which I am as well. But uh, I, I, okay. Bill was Bill convinced me I guess. No Elon with Twitter. Stay away.
1: No Elon with Twitter. No. Nope. Uh, Love it. Well, uh, on that note, we will uh, we will wrap up. Bill, well done. I agree with Mark. Uh, compelling arguments. Um, by the way, he doesn't. He's like at nine point something percent. Like he doesn't. He he's making. He's rat- rattling
0: sabers, but he's not there yet, is he?
2: Oh no! There was. A, you didn't read the news today, did you? I didn't. No. He's put. He's put out a bid for the whole thing. Yeah,
0: oh he's my goodness! Fifty-four oh. billion or something, wasn't it? Something Some like
2: that. Man. Some crazy amount, yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, uh, timely. You guys are
1: ahead of me. That's great. Love it. Um, Well, thank you both as always. Never boring. uh, Always exciting. Um, Energy, uh, politics, social media, you get it all here. It's your one-stop shop for whatever this was. Thank you both. Uh, Always fun. Thank you to our listeners Uh, until next week. Stay safe, have fun, and remember you're not in this alone.